I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to figure out the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson, and joining me, still on the other line, from the Satellite Branch in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, it's your girl, Mrs. Caitlin Correspondent? No. I kept my last name. Mrs. Caitlin McKinnon, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Kate got married, I, y'all. I did a thing. I got married. She got married. Yeah. Like, we, I, it's funny because every so often, single correspondent and I will look at each other and we'll just like punch each other and be like, we got married. We're married Like now. for reals married. Yeah. Like with a yeah. person it's, who said stuff. It's nice. You signed a yeah. thing. Yeah. We signed a thing. And I keep, um, it's a license, but I keep on calling it a contract. <laughs> and I'm like, I signed the contract. He's like, what? Is, you don't have to sign anything away. Uh, ah, God, preamble. Uh, friends, this is episode. Who cares? I don't even think I'm going to number them anymore when I post them. No, like, you have to. I have to? Well, this is still episode 100. <laughs> this is still episode 199 then, because until we figure out some what? way to commemorate episode 200, every episode will be what episode 199. What? 199J or something, isn't it? I think we're up to I. I okay. <laughs> if you would like to listen to all of our other 199 episodes or any of our other episode 199s, just give us a look up wherever you get your audio content. Search Geek Down Pod. You will be delivered to our feed where you can find all our episodes. And if you click follow, subscribe, big ups, whatever option is presented to you, henceforth, every week on the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip, your man's. <laughs> Chauncey Brasilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Girl, he's just going to drop those episodes straight into your ear hole, lovingly, gently. What did Chauncey get you for your wedding? Um, he, I told him, like I've told many people, just to wait till next year, because uh, next year we're having the actual party. Ah. Um, yeah, and people sort of asked why we split it up, but it was because we don't know what's happening next year. We don't actually know if we're going to be able to have a bunch of people together or if the world's still going to be on fire. Um, And we didn't want to just keep on putting off our wedding. So we're like, at least we'll get, like, the marriage part done, which is really the most important part. Probably. (laughs) Um, And then we'll have the party whenever we can. So whether that's in a year, fingers crossed, would be great. Or if that's, like, two years from now, we'll do that. Um, my mom, every time I talk to her, is hoping it'll be a baby shower, and I've told her just to fucking relax. <laughs> Calm down, Please. Linda. Calm down. So, Chauncey, he, he knows what's up. He's he's just biding his time. So, pencil that in August 2021. If you want to send Kate tidings, do so on any yeah. of our social medias, primarily Twitter, Twitter. at GeekDownPod. If you'd like to contribute to the show financially, like she just said, don't. <laughs> Don't. Save right. your pennies. Friends, I was lax on the Patreon billing cycle again because, you know, 
it was August 1st. Kate was getting married. It was Mr. Malash's birthday. There was a lot going on, but all the refunds mm-hmm. have been processed for August. As said, no patron, no Patreon until this gets uh, settled somehow. The Ko-Fi is still there. If you have $3 burning a hole in your pocket and you would like to give it to this endeavor, we would appreciate it as we always do. Friends, you're expecting August Watcharama. You ain't going to get it. Frankly, I don't know why I'm here right now. I was not expecting to be here. <laughs> Sunday, Kate just like throws me a Facebook message like, are we doing the pod tomorrow? And I'm like, what? Girl, you got like, well, ma- I said nothing because we you got married yesterday. And Kate's like, it don't take three days to get married. And I'm like, What? <laughs> you want a time to like uh, chill the fuck out he's like no 10 a.m monday let's do it i'm like girl okay so uh we had not spoken about anything regarding august watcharama i certainly was not about to watch two hours of content 11 hours before <laughs> doing a podcast <laughs> so uh we figured we'll just break up the uh the the dry july ketchup now and then start hitting you with those august watcharamas next week so mm-hmm. yeah and we wanted to say hi you know we miss you guys also low-key thrilled that we're still doing this on the phone because there will be a level of cleaning required. I mean, Toronto is now in phase three, as we have designated it here. Um, yes. So uh, is Hamilton. We, we, I think we went we were to first. phase three. Like, yeah, just a, well, we were part of that. We got held back a grade. <laughs> we, uh, uh, Windsor I, is still held Windsor, back a grade. Yeah, Windsor, Toronto. Um, and then so we got... We got stage three, um, and then you guys did. But, yeah, Windsor still held back. Um, they just – I think it's because I think I think it's the border. I don't know that for sure. It's migrant be... farm workers, actually. Oh, they can't so- interesting. They can't socially distance. I've actually read a couple articles about how we we as a, as a province – I don't know countrywide, but we as a province for sure need to do a lot better for the migrant workers. Um, so if people I don't know somebody know, who's trying to do that very thing, works in that industry. Um, well, some people don't know that even who live in Canada, that we get a lot of migrant workers up uh, during the harvest months to pick the fruits and vegetables that we grow in Ontario. Yes. because. No one wants who lives here wants to do the labor. It is back-breaking, intense labor. So if your friend needs help with anything, let me know because I, yeah, I Go think ho- it's... Holler at Caitlin, Doc. Um, yes, so with the advance of Phase 3, uh, I believe that means p- parks are open again, so it has done nothing to encourage the uh, parking lot quinceañeras to move out of the fucking parking lot. Caitlin doesn't like when I talk about <laughs> the parking lot quinceañeras because she believes I'm berating children, which I am. Um, wow. But like, berate their parents. Like, I do berate kids. their parents. Like, is this like, parenting running around a parking lot barefoot for four hours a night? Is that parenting? There's literally green space around the block you could take them to. But you don't. Also, it's, I'm realizing that these people in the building next door, I had a run-in with one of them, with, with the, the, the patriarch, the loudest one. The one who plays yeah. electric guitar on his balcony. The grandpa, him and his wife, and the no-frills earlier this week. And he's just like that all the time, I've realized. Like, if you're down one end of the aisle yelling for your wife at the other end of the aisle, who clearly goes through her life trying to be as far away from you as possible at all times. <laughs> I've seen these exchanges play out on the balcony before when they're out there hollering. But, like, him, like, 
and the frozen pierogies like yelling down the dairy aisle at her. And then also, oh God, thank God I don't work with the public. We'll get to work in a minute, but I'm cashing out and they're cashing out like with a person behind me. I'm at the self-checkout and he's just like chucking his ears of corn onto the belt, like literally throwing them like they're catching air from the basket. And I'm like, you are literally a garbage human being. You're a bad person. Like, just, though, you're, and you're the worst all the time. And all of your children and grandchildren are also the worst. Thank God I am not trying to work nights this summer, is what I'm saying. There was one night, it's after dark, it's 10 o'clock, I can still out there hear them out there screaming like tea kettles, and then one of them, I hear it shifted from just, like, tea kettle screaming to crying. And I'm like, oh boy, one of them got hurt. That means they're going to go inside. <laughs> And now I'm excited. And now I'm excited. Wow. And I look outside. And what are they doing? There are five adults holding this child, looking at its scraped knee, holding a cell phone flash onto the child's, like, injury. And I'm just, like, going Super Saiyan in my apartment. Like, you know where there's lots of light? Inside. With the medical equipment. Would you take your little tea kettle in there? When you're screaming your house. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, every night and like i said thank christ i am not trying to sleep during the day to work overnights this summer because i know we are about defunding the police and not calling the police for things that the police are not required for but i will have the police called on me if i had to try to sleep during this I have stopped short of dumping my garbage into their little plastic cars on my way to the bus stop <laughs> at 4 a.m. You are, you are the grumpiest human being I've ever met. Caitlin. Oh, yes. Sit here. I, I pray. I pray before winter you are sitting in here in the late afternoon evening to hear this start so you can extrapolate then what it's like to sit through it every day like clockwork. I lose track of time if it hasn't started by a certain point. <laughs> I was like, uh, yesterday, I was like, what time? Six o'clock? It's way too quiet. What the fuck? It is too quiet out there. But I don't have to try to sleep to go to work at night anymore because I don't work at night anymore. Now I work at the fucking crack of dawn. Yeah, your man went back to MCR a couple weeks ago. Damn, son. And how has that been going? Um, It's cool. I'm basically, it's not like my life is customer free i guess i need to preamble this again all opinions expressed are those of uh jordan and not necessarily <laughs> reflect the positions of mcr yeah my life is basically customer free um it seems like as much stuff to do that i was doing before but just spread into much more concentrated hours now um when i would have when i would have chats with my boss about you know she would always get like really like apologetic like she'd call me in like early july and be like I don't know when overnights are going to come back, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, girl, they ain't coming back. Like, the only time they're coming back is if this company tries to, like, squeeze a holiday out of out of this year. Um, the only thing I can guess, again, I don't think I'm airing out, you know, company business here. I think this is going to be true for a lot of places. Uh, Halloween just ain't going to exist this year. Really? I think the second they can, bam. Surprise, motherfucker. Interesting. Christmas crackers. Maybe this will be a... October well, 5th. I mean... I've, I've, I mean, Dollarama always amazes me. <laughs> <laughs> For so many reasons. They, it's like, it's already started. Halloween's already started at Dollarama. And oh, yeah, we've at, got, we've got like, some product Marvel. in, but. Sorry? We've got some product in at work. Yeah. Books and well, such. And I, and I hate it. 
I hate it. I it makes me so angry. I feel like punching something. Like it makes me just I and I love Halloween. But I love when you know, there's they're not advertising Halloween in July, right? I don't want to be reminded that the summer is going to end. Um Girl, what but, summer? <laughs> What's ending? Um people okay. Okay. Yeah, I know. This has not been a great summer. This is a lot has happened. A lot of stuff has sucked. But we live in Canada. The weather gets significantly worse in the winter. And at least we can walk outside now. There are going to be days in the winter that it is so cold and so awful that we cannot walk outside. Like when there's snow on the ground, it makes it hard to walk. No, no, that's fine because it's not as cold. I'm Mm. talking when it's freezing and, you know, you have icicles coming off your face. Um, People, I think, have forgotten this. You know, they're sitting out on patios, right? They're social distancing in parks. Yeah, sure they are. That's not going to happen in December or January or February. And I don't think we're getting a vaccination by then. So, you know, people are really going to start to feel this when they literally are cooped up inside all the time. So stop advertising Halloween assholes. You know, um, you know what else you can't do in the winter what? months? What? Run around the parking lot barefoot screaming like tea kettles. <laughs> I can't fucking wait for December. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, so work is... It's fine. I've basically switched from... <laughs> it's like, how do you like not being on overnights anymore? It's like, girl, I have to wake up at 3 a.m. to get to work on time some days. Like, it's not... Mm. It's not that... It's not that off overnights, um, but I do get to have, you know, something resembling a REM schedule. So I don't know if going back to regular, <laughs> I've, I've had the good life for the past six months. I don't know if, uh, if going back to that is, uh, going to be a thing. I mean, obviously I'm in that weird moment now where like, you know, I'm not working as much as I would have if I was doing overnights, but I'm not working that much less. Um, right. but still, I mean... I'm still, I think for a few more, maybe till the end of August, like as long as my income from my job falls below a certain point, they're still going to give me government money. Um, yeah. But either A, the eligibility period is going to run out or B, I'm going to hit that threshold. Not by much, but I'll hit it. And then it's going to be like, ooh, look at that nest egg. Slowly, slowly bleed out. This is what I'm talking about, about like saving your pennies. Just like to make sure that like <laughs> you the, can handle the pennies have been the, saved and I can handle it, but I'm still trying to go to Japan before I fucking die. So like, I don't want to spend the next year watching that like literally no, being the financial know. equivalent of that guy trying to you know shovel his his walk. <laughs> Just like I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Back I know exactly what you're talking about. Doing okay. <laughs> Let me walk a few more. <laughs> Fall back another six. You know like. That's what I see my life being going forward. And I mean, it's fine. Google, you can send me all the alerts that flights to Tokyo are $500 as much as you want. The borders are fucking closed. I'm not going to buy a flight for next April and hope that the borders will be open by then. Um, but, yes, we are save- We are generally saving our pennies. We do not like having to pay for transit again. That sucks. Yeah. One time, we will not be saving our pennies. Friends, it wasn't just dry July for the Geek Down Pod. It was dry July for your mans. You can go on YouTube right now and watch the 45-minute video of all the records I bought in quarantine. 
I think it's marginally entertaining. Um, <laughs> turns out captions are like audio drops. <laughs> I just comment on what I'm saying with giant block text over my face, and I think that's kind of funny. But I took the month off. What? Did not buy a single record yeah. in the month of July because I knew. That, that is amazing. I knew coming on August 8th was going to be an event that the Japanese are just doing for funsies. Just to be like, people seem to like this city pop shit. Let's just press up a whole bunch of reissues and put them out on the same day. Jordan says, thank you, Japan. City pop on vinyl will be happening August 8th. I've already had multiple conversations over Discogs DM with HMV Shibuya, who is doing international shipping. HMV, the actual like company, is not doing international shipping to my disgruntlement because this means I have to wait for somebody to upload you know, the data for these to catalog these reissues before they can get listed for sale right? yeah Like they're all on HMV the website right now I can go and build a wish list right now but they're not on Discogs until some you know college student at HMV punches all the relevant information in so they can list it <laughs> they've done this for one of them so far, I've already started building carts. I have two right now, <laughs> ready to go. But if I thought maybe I was going to exercise a little restraint on what I frankly do see as my last hurrah, refer back to the uh, bleeding out nest egg we mentioned <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Yes. What will likely be the last hurrah for Jordan's record buying for the 2020 calendar year. If I needed a sign that this was just and good and a thing I should be doing... <laughs> It was just when and good. just and good. It was when Chief Brown correspondent Kaim Dar sent me a link from Polygon to let me know. And I'm gonna lean back for a minute to make sure I can get all the drops in here when I say it. Oh my god. That the soundtrack to Cowboy Bebop is getting pressed on vinyl this fall. Damn son. Friends, if you are longtime listeners of the show. One, it won't surprise you that Cowboy Bebop is considered by this podcast to be possibly the greatest anime ever made. And also, that the soundtrack, which is flawless, has never been pressed on vinyl. Or rather, it was pressed on vinyl once for a 20th anniversary box set that was only made to order. They made as many as they got pre-orders for. And at the time, it was going to cost like $300. Yeah. And you would get the vinyl and like an art book and like the series on Blu-ray and the movie on Blu-ray. Shit I already had. At the end of the day, I'd have been spending $300 for the record. No, sir. But it it was, I think it was more of a close call on that, though. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I very distinctly remember. How dare you? Anyway. <laughs> we put the pin in that, but then we started getting getting itchy again. And we knew there was like a, if you're from the Netherlands, what are you, are you Danish? Is that, no, that's if you're from Denmark. What is the word for people from the Netherlands? Well, now I need to know. <laughs> Slight pause. It's Dutch. Right. <laughs> yes, I was there. I knew that. It's, yes. Wow. It's we have post-secondary educations, y'all. There was a Dutch bootleg of the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack that had floated around for a while. And initially, Discogs did not offer bootlegs in their marketplace. I think that was they're doing their solid to, like, you know, the artists and artist revenue. And then somebody probably had the brain fart that, like, you know, some dude selling a used record on Discogs isn't giving 
any money to the artist anyway, so have at it, bootlegs. So these bootlegs started <laughs> showing up in the marketplace again. And it was on my want list, and I would get notices. And the bootlegs ran for about $100 for a single, just straight bootleg pressing of Soundtrack 1. What the fine folks at Milan Records, and I said to them on Twitter, I don't know what miracle you used to pull this off, but bless you, will be offering a 2LP set of not just the first soundtrack, although all those songs will be there, but on the D side, just a smattering of Lucy's from, like, the movie, the PS2 game, which are songs I've not even heard before. Wow. Because I never played the PS2 game. For 31 U.S. dollars. <gasps> what? Lord almighty. What? You heard me. 31 U.S. dollars. Now, with the exchange and the shipping, it's probably going to come out to be about, I don't know, maybe 70 when it's all said and done. That's still cheaper than 100 euros. Wow. <laughs> wow. Also added wow. to this, as <laughs> I showed Caitlin, that... I'd never heard of this label before, the Milan Records, never heard of them before, and turns out they had also done the soundtrack for FLCL Alternative, which is just another 2LP set of a bunch of pillow songs that I don't have on any of the four albums I already bought. Now, they're re-recordings, which is like guys in their 50s playing songs they wrote in their 30s, so they don't quite have the fire they used to. (laughs) Who among us? But still, for another 31 US dollars on yellow and blue vinyl, I can have that set as well. So uh, the pre-orders for Cowboy Bebop go up on Thursday. Your mans will be working at 5 a.m. Wednesday and then 6 a.m. Thursday. Best believe he's going to go to bed early on Thursday and set that alarm for 11.55. Get that order in and go the fuck back to bed. We are not playing on that. I spent 45 minutes talking about the dumbest record I ever bought and how, like, important it was for me to have that there. Like, having the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack is, like, equally as important. And also, apparently, every Cowboy Bebop soundtrack has been on Spotify for a week and nobody told me. Oh, that's sad. So, it has just been delightful out there. Because I only ever had these on, like, I think my first Anime North, I bought, like, bootleg CDs of, like, three Cowboy Bebop soundtracks. My only downer with the new set that's coming out is I would have preferred the original artwork to soundtrack one is like, like perfect. It's clearly meant to be like an old school blue note cover, you know, big block text, two thirds of the cover is a, is a graphic. Um, but I think because it's got a, uh, track list on the front and that track list will not apply to this set. Like, right. or maybe there were rights issues. I don't know. They got the original character designer to do new art for, for the cover. So that's cool. Um, it's just, it's a, cool. it's a gorgeous, gorgeous set. And I cannot believe it's actually coming out. And apologies now, neighbors. That's what I'm going to do. I've been talking about doing this for a while. No, it'll be November. I'll be back inside. I keep saying I'm going to take my speaker and put it in the window and play like the foulest rap I can. Like just blast NWA out of my window whenever they get going. Neighbors with attitude. <laughs> Well done. Thank you. Well done indeed. So, that's what's happening in my world, record-wise. Do you have anything else exciting you'd like to share with the people that wasn't wedding-related or is wedding-related? Uh, 
No. Um, I mean, uh, I'm I'm going back one day a week to work starting next week, starting this week, rather. Today's a, a holiday. Uh, today is technically a holiday in Canada. It's it a, a different Monday. holiday every province you go to, but it is a holiday because they yeah. were just like, we want a day off in August. So you're going back one day, one day a week, or from working yeah, from home, um, or going into work one day, like physically going oh, in, like I'm still physically. working the five days a week, but oh, like okay. physically, which is a very new weird thing. Oh yeah, um, that's going to be weird. I don't know how much public transit you got to take, or if if uh, SC is going to give you a give you a drop well, off when you got to go in. We but. kind we kind of decided that like senior correspondent would drop me off with my bike, mm. right? The bike, and I would. I would bike home, um, as, but <clears throat> of course, there's always like if it's really rainy yeah. or you know I can only do it for a certain number of weeks until, like I said, it gets cold and miserable again. Um, so we're gonna try that out. Thankfully, like I said, it's only one day a week, and I don't know when that amount will go up or if it will need to go up. Um, they're still being very restrictive, and I think it's because in my place of work, like. There are quite a few students coming from lots of different areas, right. um, and they're being very, very cautious, um, which is great. Uh, like you have to have a face mask on in any area other than your desk, and my desk has like this. Apparently, I haven't seen it, but it's got like a giant plexiglass wall around it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, can I keep this after the? <laughs> I just would like signs up. Caitlin is not here. Um, I just want to keep it even after the pandemic. Um, but anyway, so I think everything's good to go for that. It's going to be a weird experience. Um, I've taken public transit once since the pandemic. Um, and I had like a glove on and my mask with the filter and, <laughs> and sunglasses. And I felt kind of like a a, a weird, like, conspiracy theorist but i was like no this is what you need to do because buses are gross if you don't take a bus you won't understand but buses are so gross yeah the first day on the bus i think i went in i went in for eight i think the first day and the ride up was okay pretty much like everyone was good they've marked off you know every other seat they're like don't sit here everybody like really behaved well aside from just like I think the only thing I hate more than the parking lot quinceañeras are the chin strap people with the masks. Like, how dumb do you have to be to just oh, not... Oh, when they don't put it on their nose? Yeah. I'm like, I want to say something, but I don't want to start a fight. <laughs> and there's so many people who have been, like, shot or, like, you know, knifed about things even less controversial. People have been knifed the for last, less. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, um, that I don't want to be, like, on the news because I've died because I've asked someone to put their mask on properly. But it happens, I think, once, at least once a time we're out somewhere. Oh, yeah. oh, and least. I'm like, I don't understand how you don't under you don't know that you, what you breathe in, out your nose or your mouth, it comes from the same place. <laughs> They're two different places. Um, so, yeah, I... I get very frustrated about that. So it was, it was that, that was bad enough on the way, you know, you had some of that on the way up, but you know, still social distance was maintained. It was on the way back when like somebody sat in front of me 
like directly in front of me and I clearly marked off seat and I was just like, it's, if I punch this dude in the back of the head, it's going to be, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be on the news. So I'm, for exactly. exactly. Everybody, so like, uh, so we punch this dude in the back of the head. He starts yelling. Everybody gets their phones out. We start fighting on the bus. It gets worse. <laughs> I'm on CP. I'm on CP24. Like, yeah. Everybody's like, "Oh, look at Parkdale." <laughs> but just like I, again, this goes back to like, you know, Kate's stupid, and I never miss her at all. That's not why I go back and listen to old episodes sometimes. Um, <laughs> but I was listening to an, epi- an episode where like the dipshits next door were like in March, like week two of quarantine of lockdown, like the biggest parking lot barbecue block party whatever they thought they were doing and just being livid indoors as like this is not fun this is not anyone's idea of fun you don't like it well, boo fucking who i'm sorry i don't well, like I mean, it either i live fucking downtown it's like well you don't need to wear a mask when you go outside yes i do because i live downtown and the second i round my block social distancing is not possible anymore because the population density is too high. There's just too many of you fuckers. That's the only good thing about catching a bus at 4 a.m. is I can at least I, I can't even guarantee that I won't come close to somebody walking down King Street to the bus stop at that time of day because it's a major Canadian metropolis. Like, there's fucking and, people and everywhere all the this time. Is, this is what I get really frustrated about. So, uh, I can't remember what part of Australia it was, but I just read an article. I I'm going to say it's Queensland. Um, But basically, they've gone into, like, full fucking lockdown. They've had this surge of cases. No one is allowed to leave their house. One adult a day is allowed to leave the house for necessary supplies. There are no going to parks. There's no having a fun backyard barbecue. There's no going into a shop just to, like, browse. None of that. They are on full lockdown. Um, That's what will happen if people aren't careful. Um, My freedom. I I think this is, like... Maybe the last couple of weeks because we've had to do stuff for the wedding that we couldn't do online. We've gone to a couple more places than we usually would, but we've been so cautious, like crazy amounts of hand sanitizer and wipes and masks and like really, really trying to be careful. Um, and Hamilton case wise, isn't even that bad. Um, but because I don't want to be responsible, if I have it for some reason, I don't know when I'm a carrier, I don't want to be responsible for possibly killing another human being. Like, that's how I perceive it. Um, and we haven't gone anywhere to, like, browse because I still feel like browsing in a store is not worth someone else's health. And you can talk all you want about the U.S. Canada's bad, too. There's this whole very like me 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 like well i i don't care if i get sick well it's not about you motherfucker like it's about everybody and i think that's there's this weird division this weird i and i i don't think it's a generational thing i know people have like pointed to us and pointed to you know generation x or generation um, the boomers or the, you know, Zed or whatever, but it, it's, it's all across, right? It's, 
there's there's groups of them in every generation, um, and it makes me angry. Well, the it's fear is that as they open more shit up, people are going to get more lax and not not take it as seriously as they should. And I mean, to Toronto's credit, most of the time when I'm out, and I've encountered this at work as well, what was what was the great when I was getting like brief bit of coaching with dealing with the public it was a great line i remember asking her i was like is that is that, is that handed down from the company is that yours and she's like no that's mine we don't <laughs> ask questions we state facts <laughs> right somebody wants to come in without a mask if you just point out don't ask them if they have their mask because then that opens a conversation to <laughs> man my freedom just point out that we are adhering to the city bylaw requiring masks indoors yeah now you just said something and they can be an asshole about it. Everyone's entitled to be an asshole, I guess. Prefer you didn't, but you have that right. Um, generally, most people have been pretty cool about it. Hand sanity, hand sanity when you come in. We got somebody at the door when you walk in. That sort of thing. And I have been out a few times. I think just to Sonic Boom Records <laughs> in Toronto. Cosmos and Sonic Boom are the only places I've been to um, in the last month. And generally, most people have been very good, but I I'm, I just know if I ever veered out too far, like to where the youngs are hanging out, if I went down to the beach again, or like, I don't, what did I see? It was a picture, I don't even know if they were open legally yet, or if it was that story about the one of the places that got like, you know, busted for trying to have parties low-key early, but like, it's it's kids in line to get into a bar with a face mask on, getting temperature checked before they go in. Whose idea of fun is that? <laughs> Yeah. And like, why, why can't you just stay at home? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the, the, I guess the need to go out. Oh, right. I'm an introvert. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't have a need to go out. Like, occasionally I have a need to, like, go for a walk, you know. Um, but by and large, I'm like, there's so many activities at home. I could put away laundry. I could watch Netflix. There's so many things. Man, I don't have to go for walks anymore because I'm back at work. My fucking phone was, like, oh, yeah. sending me push notifications, <laughs> like, girl, are you all right? Like... <laughs> You went from zero to a hundred real quick. We can't cannot yeah. we cannot keep up with the level of number of eggs you are hatching in Pokemon right now. Um, oh, and I've got to say, like, so I've been. I don't know if I mentioned it. Mentioned new metal on the show. You did. It's like a yeah. It's like a weight loss app. Doing really well with it. I really enjoy it. Um, it's not as like it's not like a crazy like burn you know thirty pounds in a month like it's way slower they're much more chill <laughs> um, and so but in the last like week like you set up basically if I don't do this thing in this many days my coach will like contact me and I haven't like looked at it for the last week obviously I've been wedding planning and I have just had the best time eating all the cake but my body is like what are you doing because <laughs> i've had like vegetables and lean protein for like the last two weeks and i'm just like well, i had i had half of a large cheese and pepperoni pizza yesterday and i my body is just like oh no <laughs> what have you done uh good time and just the sugar the amount of sugar in my blood 
it's like syrup. It's basically the consistency and probably around the same sugar content as maple syrup right now. So much sugar. So I get the like, I'm and I'm starting to be like, okay, I, I do have to like, you know, cut out the dairy again, and because I'm starting to get like welts on my face from <laughs> from from you know being allergic to milk. Um, but yeah, it's so I get that my body's just like, no, <laughs> you need to go back to being an old person and eating good things for you like vegetables. I haven't had a vegetable. Well. I guess my wedding dinner, there were some vegetables, but I did not eat a vegetable yesterday. Yeah, I noticed that some, some days. Fruit I'm okay yeah. with. Um, the problem is just, like, the problem with, like, eating natural foods is, like, everything's got a fucking timer on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. car- carbs will last forever. I've been burned on my fucking tubs of watermelon from the Korean market, like, so many times. Because I waited, like, 12 hours too late, and then it gets slimy and tastes weird. Um Yeah. Hey, it's that's a big part of it, right? So I've been trying to learn how to like buy fewer things and just eat all of that. Like, like if I'm buying carrots, I'm eating carrots for a week. Like, I'm, I can't take a break on the carrots. Girl, I was watching a movie last night eating cucumbers just because it's like I gotta they're gonna go bad. <laughs> I gotta eat them. Yeah, I gotta eat them. So that's yeah. It's it's but it also like if you do it well, it, it, it's hard. I think it's hard. I'm sure there are people out there like, what is this? You guys have problems, but I have half a fridge and you have a tiny fridge. Yeah. So it's not like we can like prepare a lot of things and keep it in there. You basically have like raw ingredients and that's it. Cause that's yeah, all you can Like fit. even like I'm getting up <laughs> when I used to work nights, I would get up at like 20 minutes before I had to leave the house, like shovel some sugar cereal in my face, uh, have a shower and leave the house. Now I'm getting up like an hour earlier before I have to even leave, really. I get up an hour before my bus and try to get out 45 minutes. Even that extra 20 minutes means I can like, you know, make a fruit bowl before I leave. Yeah. Instead of just like, you know, shoveling something into my face. Being being healthy and having a fruit bowl. It's all sugar. (laughs) Blueberries, raspberries, bananas. Yeah, but those are better sugars for you than sugar cereal. better, I guess. Which is just candy. It's just eating candy in the morning. Plain yogurt and the granola. Um, friends, uh, I can admit the conversation is all over the place right now. Generally, when we come back from dry July, we have done things. <laughs> I've gone back to Windsor. I have stories to tell. I have nothing to tell. I've just been, we just been around. I just got married. Kate at least got married. No, but like, that's it. Like, <laughs> I, <you laughs> friends, know. can I just say like Kate's entire, it's come up on the show before, but Kate's entire like take on wedding culture is just like so fucking lovely. <laughs> Like people get just, people I, get married and you expect like they're just gonna be kind of be like off grid for like you know a few days. That's why like I didn't I didn't message her the day of the wedding. I wasn't planning on messaging the day after the wedding. I figured like sometime this week on Wednesday I would have been like you know hey so what are we doing what do you want to do for the show type of thing. Nope, she was like <laughs> day after she was like so what's up? <laughs> don't take well, don't take three days to get married. The other thing is as I mentioned we've split it right so I didn't have to take care of you know, the wedding and licensing and, you know, all of that stuff as well as the party, right? which is, that is the thing that's really like, there's just so many pieces. Um, and it really like, we were so tired, even just after a half an hour ceremony and getting ready that day and like doing pictures and having a really lovely, you know, wedding evening meal, we were so tired 
by the end of it because you're just like you're I was anxious just like all day um so I could only imagine having that and then also having to deal with like friends and family and the party and the catering and people not being happy where they were sitting and having the wrong first dance song and like all of those things as well and being up until 1am and making sure things are taken care of when you leave like all of that combined I'm like I don't know how people usually do it so if you're thinking about splitting it or just having a very small ceremony I'm like go for the small ceremony it's much much better um and I mean, you, Jordan, observed, because we live-streamed our wedding, Jordan observed how awkward I was just having my family there. <laughs> I can only imagine how awkward I would have been having, like, and I could still, I felt like people, I knew people were watching, so I still felt really awkward, but, like, actually having to see their faces. Um, so all of that, so I, we recovered a lot quicker, right? Um, we didn't have to, and there wasn't, like, the thousand presents to open the day after either. We haven't even actually opened our present. We have some cards and stuff that people have given us very kindly. Um, we haven't, we were going to do that today because we want to give ourselves some time and to actually like enjoy it, not just be like, this is a thing we have to do. We just wanted to be able to really appreciate that kind of thing. So like, I, I don't know what it would have been like if it had been a normal wedding. Um, but also, uh, there are a lot of things that I, there's like this balance, right? There's balance of like tradition and being excited to get married, um, but also recognizing that the wedding industry has, it's one of the greatest marketing feats ever, right? There are all these things that, that the wedding industry has told you you have to have, and it's really hard not to buy into that. Um, it's really hard not to be like, oh, I need this because then, uh, because I'm going to feel like I didn't do it right. And you're already spending a lot of money, even if you have a small ceremony, right? Um, so I, I feel like I got really lucky and I can recognize both sides of it. Um, and there were some things we did that I'm sure people who like just hate weddings are like, oh, that's so silly. You don't need that. But we wanted that. And it, there's that recognition of like the things we wanted actually versus the things that we were told we need to have. So I'm lucky that I can distinguish. I feel sorry for people who get like really wrapped up in it or have family and friends who like really push them into things um, and they get totally overwhelmed. I know people who that's happened to, and I just feel so bad for them um, because, like I said, the wedding industry has done a great job of marketing how things should look and the things you need and, you know, the 16 parties leading up to your wedding that you need to have and, and all of that. Um, so I'm chill, but I'm chill for lots of different reasons. Um, and I and I did I feel really lucky that I'm able to do this party and this ceremony separate. This is not unlike something I saw on Netflix during the break because um, I've been watching Queer Eye. Oh, that was good. And apparently, some of the folks behind Queer Eye had a wedding show, and I really watched it just to see if it was something I could recommend to my mom because my mom loves a good wedding show. I don't know why. My mom's really into stuff that, like, as much as she says she doesn't judge the way I've chosen to live my life, um, <laughs> all of her cultural interests seem to belie that a bit. 
Um, she really right. loves wedding shows, and she loves shows about multiple babies. <laughs> Not just one baby. <laughs> so you want me to get married, have eight kids at once, and live in South Carolina. That's the takeaway I'm, I'm getting here. Um, so I watched a single episode of Say I Do. Did you see this? So, no, but someone told me I would really like it because it's very, like, heartfelt. I mean, maybe, sure. I didn't even finish the episode, to be honest, because, number one, the the crew, the people on it, are not as engaging as the Queer Eye dudes. Um, right. I did not find any. Anyway, there's no there's no clear Bobby to rally behind us, the only one who does any work. <laughs> we all know it. Karamo, he does I, transform spaces. Karamo, I love you, but what do you do, my dude? Um, like, and the, there was one interesting, but so it's like a, one guy who does food, one guy who does like, you know, dress and another guy who must do like event space type of things. And the, the gist is their surprise weddings. Um, right. but like, <laughs> I'm sure in this case it worked out fine. I'm sure the episode wouldn't have aired if it hadn't, but it's like this couple that's married, uh, already. And I guess their like first try at it was not great. Everything went bad. And then in like the couple years since, the brother woman's, I think it was father and sister, two family members died in like really quick succession. And now the like, so it's really important. Basically the husband's making all the decisions like right. for her because <laughs> he wants to surprise her location. Cool. Food. Fine. Whatever. It's when he starts like talking about the dress <laughs> with someone and the designer is like, I'm going to go with a black wedding dress. And I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> Oh, no. Who told you this was it? Because it ain't. Uh, like, what dude ever thinks they should be making decisions about, like, a woman's wedding dress? Is like, the collar cannot get pulled enough. Um, my mom gave it a 6 out of 10. She said it was fine. She Not said great. 10? Okay. It's no say yes to the dress or southern weddings or any of these these other ones. Might have been a little too cosmopolitan for mm-hmm. for uh, Mama Ferguson. But that brings us, I guess, now into... Hey, Kate. Yeah. Did you watch anything? Yeah, I watched a bunch of stuff, but I can't really recall any of it right now. It's very fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) It all stood out that much. I feel like I watched... Oh, I I hadn't seen it in years. I watched a bunch of old stuff. I haven't seen it in years. I watched Ghostbusters 2. Oh, my. Yeah, I know. You don't need to watch uh, Ghostbusters 2. Bobby Brown gave the entire plot of the movie and the rap break of, of the song from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They're called the Ghostbusters and they're in control. <laughs> Throwing parties for a bunch of children while all the wild slime was under the building. When that song started, both Seeger Correspondent and I were like, oh no. <laughs> listen, listen this. though. That song, for reasons I cannot explain, is on the Grand Theft yeah. Auto soundtrack on the pop station. Um, and it fucking slaps. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, no, what am I? Uh, I'm sure I watched some stuff. I'm sure I did. I just don't know what it is. So memorable. Girl, you're probably just watching Murder, She Wrote. And <laughs> uh, there's definitely been some Murder, She Wrote. I mean, the other part is last week I've been off. Yeah. Um, I don't. I hesitate to call it vacation because mostly it was just stressing about wedding stuff and getting wedding stuff done. I do get to sleep in though, which is always fantastic. Um, but so I haven't really been. I didn't really watch anything much last week. Um, 
there'd just been a lot of like stress naps because that's what my body does when I'm stressed out. Um, I have, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I did read a Thomas King book. Um, There's actually been quite a bit of reading. Um, All them books you bought. I, yes, some of it was, some of it was stuff I had purchased. Some of it, um, the library is now doing, I'm getting library books again, which is great. So I read from Thomas King, I read the, uh, I started reading the Dreadful Water Mysteries. So Thomas King is, it, him and Kelly Link are my two favorite writers. I did not know that. And um, not to be confused with Tom King, but uh, <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes I say Thomas King because we're like, the comic book guy? I'm like, no. Um, so, and usually he writes... Uh, uh, straight fiction. He also wrote The Inconvenient Indian, um, which is... He's a Canadian indigenous writer. Yeah. Um, But he, I found out a couple uh, months ago, I don't know how I didn't know, but he had written a mystery series um, called... uh, Well, the first one that I have is called Dreadful Water, but in here... um, it was called Dreadful Water Shows Up, but it got reprinted as Dreadful Water. It's the first one. Very good. Easy read, uh, which I like in mystery novels. I don't like things that are, like, crazy complex and conspiracy theories. I like stuff that's, like, a good, solid mystery. Um, and I have have the next one waiting for me because it was, like I said, it was a good read. And then I also started reading um, Truth and Bright Water. Uh, which has been really good so far, um, which is just uh, straight fiction. There's always some elements of sort of like, um, what's that? It's it's magical realism. Uh, in in Green Grass Running Water, which is one of my favorite books of his, um, it, there's just like a lot of magical realism. There's just like straight up magic in it. Um, but in this one, there's a lot of magical realism so far. Um, it might get more intense as the book goes on, um, but I'm really enjoying it. And, yeah, I'm sure I've read some other things, but I can't quite remember. And, yeah, I'm sure next week, I'll, I'll once I think about it, I'll be able to write down a bunch of stuff that I've watched and and read. Well, I had been keeping a media diet, so I wouldn't forget anything. Amazing. <laughs> Scribbling down some stuff. I'm sure I forgot half of it. Um been reading as well. One of the good things about being back at uh, MCR is that, hey, books. Those are a thing. Yeah. Currently reading a book called Tokyo Ueno Station by an author named, I think it's you, Miri, or Miri Yu. Um, basically about a ghost looking over uh, the other occupants of a homeless settlement in uh, Ueno Park near the Ueno Station in Tokyo. And Interesting kind of it's very it's real short that's why i was like every time i go into like straight fiction i'm like give me some my criteria is never like author setting character it's usually length (laughs) right like give me a smooth like 350 350 tops and i'm good had too many i'll never forget you summer of 2666 by roberto bolaño (laughs) or summer of my life we tried that nope (laughs) um and also just, it's really, it's kind of like, it's it's good. I'm not that far into it. I'm only about maybe 50 pages into it. But again, real smooth. Shouts to the translator, real smooth. Easy read. Doesn't have the kind of like 
stilted language. Some people don't like reading like Murakami or something like that because I think something is definitely lost in the translation. Um, right. Even though the Murakami's translators are really good, they're still sometimes some of the language is a little more, you know, the meta, the metaphor and the simile can be a little more like straightforward in Japanese books. I feel like, but yeah, this has been all right so far. And it's really kind of put my, uh, looking to see if she wrote anything else has just thrown a flurry of uh, contemporary Japanese lit at me through, through my Amazon right. page. So I'm like, Oh, Oh, Oh dude, you buy records. No, stop. Uh, <laughs> it's a problem. Also got to take a moment to talk about and send shots to, um, more as an observation to a new Tappy Tab game that crossed my feed. And I was like, I'm, all, I'm always down to check out a new Tappy Tab game. This was from a Korean studio called NeoWiz, I believe. The game is called Tap Sonic. Apparently, it's a franchise, and this is called Tap Sonic Top. And it's trying to have a story storyline to it. Um, but like, this is a clearly like there's a clear distinct line for me between like the waifu world games which are very story character you know there's a multi-level franchise there to center the games around and then there's like ddr games where they're like 1990s vision of the future if that makes sense yeah like you play a dance dance revolution game even one that came out today and it will feel like what someone in 1995 thought the future was going to look like it's still real like the visual aesthetic is a candy raver flyer from 1997. Like, you know it when you see it. Like, all the lettering is really, like, shiny. And <laughs> everything looks, like, metallic and gel at the same time. Um, that's and, amazing. And that's what this Tapsonic game is like. It's a real... It's in the DDR lane. And also, the music is never as good. Because, you know, the Waifu World games, either they were written to be good pop songs in the first place. Or they're covering, in the case of Bang Dream, they're, like... You know, fucking second action is in Bang Dream. Like, they're licensing... They have the money to license cover versions. All the games, all the music in Tap Sonic was made in house, which is meh. <laughs> and also, it's real. E- uh. It's real EDM. Like there's 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 like drum and bass songs in it, and dubstep and shit like that. But it does enough interesting things that I like. I keep going back to it. I've only been playing it for about a week. Um, it'll have this thing again. It's like a note highway type game where things scroll down the, the screen and you tap them when they, you tappy tap when they hit the right spot. But it also has a mechanic where you flick at certain points, you flick to the side and the track flips like the note highway flips and it'll have a new number of lanes. Oh my God. It's real disconcerting. I got used to it, but I got used to it after a couple of days, but initially it was like, I felt my brain rewiring. It was very weird. It was very weird. <laughs> Because you might start off with a single note on each side, and you're just going like tap, 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 and then it's like swipe, and suddenly you have six lanes total on either side. And you're like tap, 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 tap. And and if you fuck up, if you miss that swipe, I mean they, it's impressive because they've essentially programmed every choose your own adventure path for this. Like if you miss one of the swipes, the game still goes on. Like you're not done. So they still have a you know, uh, what they call it a chart. They would still have a note chart for if you hit the swipe right and if you don't hit the swipe right. So shit like that, that's interesting. The characters, again, it's like there's a gacha collector element. And listen, I'm a basic weeb otaku trash. Like, a game like this, I just want cute girls. That's what I want. I can say it. That's the point of these games. You're just trying to sell me on cute girls. You want to sell me on a waifu, so when you put her in a limited outfit, I'm going to be like, yes, take all my money. 
been trying for uh, God. I burned. I grinded for four draws on the current Love Live All Stars draw. Spent no money, just grinding, grinding for free stars to try to get that Uberware of Karen from Nijikasaki. Never got it. Never got it. Still never going to spend any money. But that's the level of investment you want from me to keep me engaged in this game. I don't know what these Koreans are trying to do over on this game because you have a handful of like typical idol type stuff. The drawing style looks like pencil and color pencil, which is not great as well. But there's also like the first four star I got was a dog and a rainbow Afro wig. (sighs) There are animals. There are children. (laughs) It was like a cowboy, the sheriff kid. That was when I got, I got like, Ooh, the screenshot yellow. I was like, Oh, I got a rare one. Cowboy kid. That's not happy. I'm not happy with that. (laughs) Nobody wants that. I want the chick who looks like a fucking samurai with an electric guitar. That's what I want. I don't want cowboy kid. I want cowboy kid. Yeah, of course you do. I'll send you a picture of cowboy kid later. Oh, man. If there were babies. Oh, <laughs> oh there. It's, it's real close. Cowboy kid looks like a toddler. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Kate just wants Kate just wants the little tiger cub in vest and cowboy kid. That's, that's who Kate wants her team to be. Mm-hmm. Why do we have Basically. a show? Why do we have a show together? So yeah, just uh, still playing, still playing my tappy taps. Shouts to Epic Seven, which is still just proven to be just a very interesting and deep sort of resource management type game. As you try to get your character stronger, so you can last in like PvP and some of the harder harder difficulties, which is normally not my jam. I normally don't care about you know being super alpha in games like this, but right. I just try to hustle the games for as much free currency as I can get. But also, the generation of free currency is pretty good in Epic Seven. Uh, things I have watched, YouTube was throwing a odd amount of DC entertainment related documentaries at me on YouTube for some reason, including one called Heart really? of, including one of Heart of Batman, which was basically the story of Batman, the animated series. Really? And how it got made. Yeah. Let's see if I can oh, fi- look it up oh. yourself or I'll see if I can find you a link. Um, just the story of like Bruce Tim and the other dude, like getting the job and the role that like. Spielberg had in like creating like the Warner Brothers animation department in the first place because it started with Tiny Toons and it started with basically like they wanted to make Spiel. I'm like I watched this in early July, so I'm trying to remember. But it's like they when they were doing Tiny Toons and such. It was like they wanted to make a good product to keep Spielberg happy because they were trying to get this you know production deal with Spielberg who was at the top of his game at this point in the early 90s or mid 90s or yeah early 90s and this woman Jean McCurdy who ended up you know running the division was the one who convinced them to like keep it all in house and like basically start the division the Warner animation right. division um the stuff i already knew about like you know the aesthetic it was basically they had this stuff ready to go, I think. I think they had first heard that, like, maybe they'd be doing a Batman thing. And Bruce Tim and the guy who did, ended up doing, like, the backgrounds. Like, the guy who innovated the whole do the backgrounds on black paper to make it feel super dark and shadowy type of thing. Um, to the fight for, like, you're going to let him hit people? <laughs> like, there can be guns and there can be firing. Like, you know, basically, yeah. while there were, there was a shit ton of, you know, merchandising and toys that went along with it, like it wasn't the primary motivator, which was such a, like, weird... It's just a departure. Weird thing for, for kids' cartoons, like... Mm-hmm. Or even, like, the first, like, sizzle reel they made, which was basically what became the opening of the show, like... 
and people just being like, we can do this. Like <laughs> <laughs> we're allowed. Um, so yeah, it was really, it was obviously, you know, they get into like Harley and stuff like that. And, you know, the version of the version of the Joker that Mark Hamill came upon and how they wanted the characters to be that sort of thing. Yeah. Just re- it was really, it was very, very interesting. I think it was only like an hour long. Uh, another documentary that you two pushed at me the other day was, I tweeted about it with the link. It was this guy, this channel must just sub these, this like series that airs in Japan about manga artists. And this one was Akiko Higashimura who did uh, Tokyo Tarara girls and princess jellyfish basically hanging out with Naoki Urasawa who did monster and Pluto and 20th century boys, like in a bar watching footage that this documentary crew had taken of them working (laughs) and just like, commenting on each other's work like you know and they're really you know everything's everything's uh sent by kohai in in japanese culture no matter what you do so i mean you know urasawa is the sensei because he's older and he's been in it longer than agashimura was but they're watching her footage and just like it's so hypnotizing to watch those two especially because they're so their faces are so distinctive like the faces they draw to watch agashimura like draw a face from nothing is like so like hypnotic (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like to watch that process happen from just like the pencil sketch to the inking to everything else. And just, <laughs> she's such a weird, delightful woman. Like she basically wears Yutaka in her day to day life as much as possible. When she goes to work, she's basically in a beanie and an Adidas jumpsuit. Like <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's really dope. Again, I didn't get through the whole thing cause I discovered it at like 11 PM and I was like, I need to sleep. But yeah, that's out there too. If you just look up, Akio Higashimura documentary or go like go on the Twitter. I posted a link to it when I was like, this is my Saturday night. This is great. Uh, stuff I watched less recently. Right before we went on break, Jordan discovered Thunderbolt Fantasy. I'm here to tell you, Thunderbolt Fantasy remains the greatest thing I've ever seen. Just straight up. Really? I watched a puppet's rib cage explode out the back of itself, Caitlin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've been, I've sort of Are talked you to in? Him, but I think I have to show him. I think I have to show him, and then he'll understand how amazing it is. I, th- I think you're in on that. Um, like I said, there's a Netflix version of it called War of the Dragons that is basically the same thing. Um, and will look very similar, and will have a similar feel. It's just in Taiwanese, or, or again, I'm, I don't know the language. I apologize. It's either Taiwanese or Mandarin. Um so you can check out to see if you want to hang with that. I personally, from what I saw, thought uh, Thunderbolt Fantasy was better. There's a shit ton of it, apparently. I started dipping into season two, but uh, slowed down a bit. There's like two other movies. They were doing a third season and had to put it on hold for the Rona. Um, other things I watched started out not thinking I was going to like it because I thought the visual aesthetic was a little off for me. Like the colors they were using and the way they were like shading things was a... BNA on Netflix, which is the last most recent Studio Trigger show. Um, again, the, the furry between B stars and BNA, the furries are really having a great time this year. Um, right. Another show about beastmen and mysteries in a in a city full of beastmen. Again, did not think that it's a really like kind of like washed out pastel, not clear defined lines sort of visual look to the show that I didn't think I was going to like, and maybe it was just the ending theme song. I don't know, but I just kept rolling in episode to episode. And these days, any show I finish is probably, you know, a recommendation in itself. And I finished this show pretty quickly um, and ended up kind of really liking it by the end. 
Um, if you want a less creepy and uncomfortable and sexy version of B stars, <laughs> that would be nice. You can you can do worse than BNA. Um, continuing my run through lesser known uh, Ghibli Ghibli properties. Sat down with only yesterday last night. Oh, which is that? Uh, Takahata's second movie, I think. Uh, was Crave of the Fireflies his first movie? E, way to come out the gate. Um, it was initially, I was just like, it's fine. Um, it's Takahata tends to do not very if you if you think Miyazaki when you think Ghibli, um, Takahata does very unghibli like movies. And this is essentially just a, it was based on a manga targeted to older women. It's about a woman in her late twenties, I think, um, set in the late seventies or early eighties. I actually don't know with frequent flashbacks to her childhood when she was 10 in, I think 66, they mentioned it is. Um, and it's basically, she's a little off as far as like what Japanese society would consider normal. Um, not in any huge regard. Like, she's not good at math. Like, there's right. a really good scene where she's in flashback when she's 10. She's, like, tanked this math test and, like, no one can understand her family. Can they, Her sisters and her mother just can't understand why this is happening. And it's illustrated really well, I think, where she's, like, you know, she has a full rationale for why she answered the thing she did. She, like, flips over the page and draws an apple. And it's, like, if you have two-thirds of this, and she starts, like, drawing it. And the sister's reply is basically just, no, this is how it's done. Do it like this. Right. But do it like this doesn't make sense to her. Um, so she's a little weird, and she really loves the country. And her sister ends up marrying this somebody who's got family in the country. So she basically uses that as leverage to, like, get an introduction so she can, like, have somewhere to go. <laughs> and she goes out and, like, helps them pick saffron flowers for a couple weeks in the summer type of thing. So it's those two weeks when she goes to visit these people in the countryside interspersed with memories uh, from her childhood when she was 10. And does a great job. I remember we talked about silent voice and how well that movie did the shittiness of children yes. to each other. Um, this is a different version of it, not as mean, but still has those elements. There's a whole scene where like, where they find out about, you know, sex and pregnancy and puberty and stuff. And it gets back to the boy. You know, they separate the girls and the boys, but it gets back to the boys. And then suddenly it's all just like the way in which these, these 10 year old boys are like, harassing the girls about periods is very <laughs> felt very 10 yeah. year old boy. Um, and I initially, by the end of it, I thought it was just a pleasant, if just okay movie, but it had this ending sequence at the end that was, that put it over, put it over for me. I was like, well, that's very, oh. that gave me the Ghibli feeling like a Ghibli movie will always give you the Ghibli feeling, but I didn't really get the, the feeling until, until the last, like as the credits started rolling. Um, at the end. And I thought it was very, very sweet and gave me, gave me no small amount of feels, but yeah, again, as with all the Ghibli properties sitting on your Netflix for nothing. For nothing. Well, for, well, for your, your net monthly <laughs> subscription <laughs> for your month for, for my dad's monthly subscription. Thanks dad. Um, <laughs> that's basically all I have. I mean, I have my usual run of like, you know, say you fan subs and, <laughs> Aqua's videos and wrestling countdowns. Like, you'd be amazed how much you can just while away a night just letting YouTube play out for watching fan subs of uh, Say You live streams. I mean, whatever I floats your boat. I, I don't guess. need much. I just need I just need to watch these Ugh. these women be amusing. Um, 
So I think that'll probably just about do it, friends. We just wanted to check in, let you know that we're we're back and on schedule and give you something. August Watch Ramble will begin proper next week. Yep. Uh, we will only have three this year, just so by the way, just by virtue of the way the weeks have uh, rolled out. Kate, what are we doing first? What was that thing you wanted to watch? Um. Oh God, I don't know. What did I say? This is the Charlize Theron thing. It's a Netflix oh, movie. Oh. Um. Um. Oh. Oh. No. It's called the. It's called the. Uh. The. She's got so much sugar in her reel. Yes, I do. Um, uh, it's called... The Old Guard. Uh, the Old Guard. I got it. <laughs> I got it. We're going to do the Old the Guard old. for next week. Yeah. The week after. Lord, I don't even want to ask... I don't even want to ask her. It was about, it's, it's not Tiny Kingdoms. It's a spiritual successor to Tiny Kingdoms. It's... it's no, it's... Yeah, it's Hidden Kingdoms. The spiritual successor to Hidden Kingdoms is called Tiny Creatures. Tiny Creatures. She knew that one and right. I out. knew that right off the bat. <laughs> Yeah, it's out this this month. Is that on the Netflix or the, or Disney Plus? Netflix. 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 Uh, so we're gonna get our get our nature doc on again for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> very long time. And then, as tradition dictates, we will check in on a anime of the season, and I believe we are going to check out Deca Dance. Deca Dance. Deca D e c a dash d e n c e. That's on Funimation, I believe. So, yeah, we'll check that out as well. And, yeah, that's your rundown for August Watcharama. If you would like to go on this journey with us, if you have any questions about August Watcharama or where you can find things, or if, you have a, if you're like, fuck those things, watch this. I mean, number one, rude. We put thought into this. Number two, you can do it by our Twitter page, at GeekDownPod. I mean, go to Facebook if you want, I guess. I guess. It's fine. The only time I'm there is to challenge dog whistling racist posts from family members, but Woo. Love it. That's the only time I'm on Facebook. But I mean if you want to go to Facebook, you can. We're not rattling off the address. They'll go geek down podcast. It'll come up. Um <laughs> <laughs> What? I'm not. <laughs> Fuck you, Zuckerberg. Learn how to put on sunscreen. Wow. Uh, yeah, and we will be back here next week for another, what we hope will be fantastic, start to August Watcherama. Yeah. Friends, thank you for spending time with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we will have you listen to us next week, and, and that'd be great. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Kate, you looked looked real beautiful at your wedding. I mean, uh... (laughs) Your face is stupid. I mean, whatever. I hate you.